Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm Kevin Estella here with uh, myself. <laughs> so this time I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors. They are the folks who help provide this content free of charge to you. And uh, the interesting thing about them is that we actually use all their products. So unlike some of these sponsors that you've probably heard on other podcasts, uh, we genuinely do care about the folks I'm about to tell you about. So uh, first one, Triarch Systems. The guys at Triarch are pretty damn cool. They make some of the best firearms even better. They work with the 1911 system, the Glock system, uh, AR-15. Just when you think you can't get any more performance out of these firearms, they find a way to do it. Uh, everything from various trigger jobs to custom finishes to, you know, stippling and so forth. Triarch is the way to go. Uh, a lot of us here at the company are big Triarch fanboys, and I will tell you there's a good reason why. If you use the code FIELDCRAFT, you'll get 5% off on your next order with Triarch Systems. Next up in terms of sponsors is Kafaru. Listen, I've been a fan of Kefaru for well over 14 or 15 years now. I've been using their gear as a professional survival instructor, teaching courses in the Northeast. I've traveled with it to multiple climates. The stuff works. Um, I'm good friends with Aaron Snyder, badass, total, total uh, amazing hunter. You should check them out. I highly recommend everyone buy a Whoopi. I highly recommend everyone buy a Possible's pullout pouch. These are items that you simply cannot live without. So please check out Kafaru. Their website is uh, kafaru.net. Okay, so on today's podcast, I'm joined by Aaron Snyder. Uh, Aaron is a longtime friend of mine. He is the CEO of Kafaru. Kafaru is a high-end uh, backpack hunting company that makes amazing sleeping bags, sh uh, heated shelters, expedition sleds, you name it. Uh, Aaron and I uh, got a chance to sit down and talk about everything from land navigation to you know hunting do's and don'ts. And you're going to find out that Aaron, the Kafaru gang, and myself and the folks over here at Fieldcraft Survival have a lot in store for you in 2021. So uh, this podcast was a lot of fun. Uh, Aaron and I, you know, we uh, we probably could talk for hours, but we kept this one nice and short for you. So check it out. This is Aaron Snyder with Kafaru. All right, everyone. This is a this is an interesting podcast because last time these two gentlemen that you're seeing were in the same room together behind equipment was I looked this one up. May of 2018 is when I when I start on yours, and I say starred because I was probably just like the goon in the room, but uh, <laughs> this is, we're, we're pretty fortunate. We've got, uh, we got Aaron Snyder here with Kafaru. So uh, welcome, Aaron. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, big fan of you guys in general. And obviously, you and I have been friends for a long time. So kind of crazy how this, I guess, uh, transformed from me visiting uh, to me flying over to say hi to uh, I guess collaboration and land <laughs> schools and everything yeah. else in the last two and a half hours. So. Yeah, like I originally thought it was like, okay, Aaron's coming over. Aaron's going to talk to Mike, you know, do the bro hug type of thing. And, and 
while we waited for Mike to do like a thousand things and, you know, we'll probably meet up with him tomorrow. We kind of talked about a thousand things, you know, and yeah. uh, it was good to reminisce a little bit, but uh, let's, let's kind of bring the, the viewers or the listeners back to kind of the early days. Like I'll, I'll start off with mine. Like I first learned about Kafaru, I'd say in like 2006, 2007, uh, a good buddy of mine, Jerry Young, he's like, check out this backpack, right? And, and guys can be kind of like backpack nerds. And I was like, well, what's so great about it? And I started looking through, I think it was a Tailgunner 1 or Tailgunner mm-hmm. 2 at the time. I'm like, man, this thing's got a lot of organization. I'm like, man, this thing's got a lot of organization. And the more I looked at this thing, I was like, I need one of these. So I called up Kafaro and I was like, hey, I, I want to order a Tailgunner. Next thing you know, I spoke to Angie, total sweetheart. Love you, Angie. I don't know if you're listening or not, but I... Uh, Oh, she will. She loves you. <laughs> yeah. and, and I recommend anyone that, that calls Kafaro should definitely talk to Angie. She She's a great resource. Um, but it, it was funny because it led to like, okay, I've got a tail gunner. I've got a Wooby. I've got a Zulu pack. I've got duffel bag. I've got a slick bag. It just, the list went on and on and on. And eventually it was like, you know, Kafaro became like the, the go-to pack company that I, I started using, gear company. And then at some point, I, I think I was doing like a gear guide or something, and I called Angie, and she's like, oh, no, I wanted you to talk to Aaron. And that was the first time that we spoke, and it was when I was still teaching at the high school. So I actually had to sneak out into the hallway, and I was in the middle of a study hall. So I kind of like kept one eye on my study hall, and I'm talking to you on the phone, and you're like, yeah, I'm getting ready for a hunt, whatever. I think we were talking about like a pair of teepee or something. But but yeah, uh, the, the run's been awesome. Kafaro's some, some pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, that was... 2006, 2007, but you've been with the company longer, right? Like, how did no, you get your no, start? No, no, it's actually, um, I started, which is crazy, right? I, I had reviewed every backpack on the planet, just about, except a Kafaru, and they were right up the road for me, from me. And uh, so in 2000, maybe 10, 11, um, I had some friends that said, hey, you need to go. Same thing called, got a hold mm-hmm. of Angie, getting a hold of Patrick was like trying to catch dust in the wind, finally got him walked in and talked to Patrick, got the packs, went and tried them out and was like, okay. And I, I had a more of an expedition pack. I went and did a five or seven day scouting trip and fell in love with it, came back and was like a bad penny. I, I basically was like, hey, I, I, I like the frame, man. Let's design a different bag. And Patrick ended up becoming like a father to me, um, helped him out. And well, first I didn't get paid anything helping him out. And then I became kind of a consultant. Then I became the general manager, um, see, like CEO president. Uh, and, and now I own it. Um, so pretty crazy transition through time, <laughs> my, my time at Kafaro in general. But I, um, you know, I, like with, with you, it was always easy. You have different people that some people bug you for gear mm-hmm. and some people go to order and we just give it to them. Like Angie would always like, Kevin called. And I'm like, just give it to him. And uh, like, Angie, you don't even have to ask me. Kevin can have whatever he wants. Okay, I just like Kevin. And I'm like, I know I like Kevin too. And uh, so you you became kind of part of the family distant. Obviously you were you were uh what do you call that um long distance relationship? Yeah. Um you know cuz obviously you you were quite a ways away from us, but you know as we've grown at at, at Kafaru, um you know and I've grown and you've grown, you know, it's it's kind of expanded as we were sitting there talking over at the other office, um we were we were just talking about general classes. I was going to start teaching and you know, things like that. And then that one thing led to another, and here we are on the podcast. But kind of a weird story on how 
we met and where we're at now because now you work for Fieldcraft. So pretty crazy how it all worked out. Yeah, I kind of feel like I need to say like that Darth Vader line from Return of the Jedi, like the circle is complete or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize is that you already did a podcast today with one of our, our other industry friends, Black Rifle, and mm-hmm. did a marathon. So we'll, tr- we'll kind of keep this short and sweet and, and just talk on a few things. I mean, I know that we could talk for hours, but, you know, got to respect your your work schedule and it, for those of you that don't know Aaron when he posts something on Instagram or he posts something on on social media hundreds thousands of, of messages so you know having him in the studio is pretty awesome but uh let, let's let's talk about that that class that we were just just kind of spitballing in the other other headquarters we talked about land navigation right Mike Glover he always talks about pillars of survival everyday carry mobility uh homestead um you know, and fitness. Um, one of the things that we were talking about was land navigation. And mm-hmm. it's funny because I looked at the, the transcript notes from the last time we spoke about land nav and we were talking about handrails and stop features and whatnot, catch features. Um, but you've received an overwhelming interest in, in just learning the basics, right? So I think we should probably talk about like, what is the average hunter or the guy who's just getting into hunting Western northeastern wherever they may be hunting like what are some basic skills that the average hunter should should strive to accomplish so uh, you know and 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 it's it's not as once you get through a a course like that that we're talking about you guys are going to teach it's not that difficult it seems overly like overwhelming and overly consuming initially because you're you're basically speaking swahili if a person never Mm -hmm. has nabbed before and so you know my, my thing is like train association what are all the train features all right, what are all these crazy things on a map? What's a declination diagram? What's a contour interval? Um, how do I take the map, like a set of blueprints, build a building? You want to get to a point where you see that map in 3D because of the contour lines. Mm-hmm. Just teaching simple things like that, um, you know, your declination diagram, different parts of the world when you're, and people get confused, probably just listen to this, but there's there's true north, magnetic north, grid north, there's multiple north. How all that, it's like a different language. It's like a code. How do you read that code? It's not that difficult, but for most people, general knowledge of a compass, general knowledge of a map, general knowledge of terrain association and terrain features, um, and how you make that applicable from a GPS to the map. Um, right. Terrain, uh, when I say that, meaning orientating the map to, to north uh, and then figure out where you're at in the world, uh, intersection, resection, shooting an azimuth, back azimuth, all those different things. When you first hear this, you're like, I'll never learn it. But if you if you go to a course and you sit in a classroom for two or three days and then you go out and apply it in the field, once you learn the basics, it's kind of like math. You just got to keep doing it. I hate math. Yeah, but if any, I hate math too. But I can add and subtract, and that sure. is good yeah. enough. And so once you learn to add and subtract with navigation, you're golden. And so most people, like when it's applicable as far as hunting, they may be afraid to get off the trail. You know, a, a ways. They may be afraid to cross over a mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, certain things if they're lost. You know, how how, how to figure out where you're at. You know, like, like the old saying: uh, if you're lost, go downhill. You know, follow a creek. Uh, downstream, not up. You know, those things like just common sense, which may be common sense to you and I, or rudimentary, whatever you want to call right. it. We we've done it for a long time. Um, well just basically transferring over that info for all the people that I love seeing how hungry people are to learn. I posted that up and we had 2,300 people say they would do the course with $250 a person. And I think 280 said they they wouldn't. And I was like, 
So I brought up to you guys like, hey, I, you know, I, I made a little help with this. Uh, <laughs> like, what do you guys think? And then um, the other dude that I want to adopt, what's his name? Kevin Owens. Kevin. Yeah. Dude, that, that guy's awesome. All I can think of is... Uh, What's his name? Richard Gere in uh, the Jackal, uh, the yeah. accent. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, you're not gonna bomb me, are you? I think I may even made a comment about that. But he was like, hey, mm. now remember, not a bomber, sniper. Yeah, fourteen hundred, two thousand yard shots. I was just kidding. Uh, <laughs> please don't hurt me. Um, that he's like, I already have an online course going, and I have hundreds and thousands of people ask me, where do I go to learn it online? And I was like, well, guys, instead of me doing this. Maybe, maybe we just have you or no he brought that up and i was like hell yeah that's great because I, I don't have the time and so then we started talking about um off of land nav but like other things you know breaking down an animal and right yeah. and animal anatomy and building fire and things like that where um you know i'm always the guy that like rather than reinvent the wheel if somebody else is already doing it well just have them keep doing it mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of where we are now and so you know with the land nav what what's good is I think you guys charge a pretty low amount to to get was it ten bucks? I something? think it's ten bucks behind the the locals local site. So yeah, and so getting on there, familiarizing mm -hmm. yourself on, on on a spectrum of like okay, I'm I'm crawling right now, learning online. I'm going to come out to the course, then I'm going to walk, and then the next more advanced course, I'm going to I'm going to learn to run, and that's kind of how Land Nav needs to work. Running at first with Land Nav will get you running into a you're going to run into being lost. And so those building blocks working on that, you guys offer that and you guys are very capable and you have a crew of guys capable of it. So I was like, yeah, I think that's great. You know? And then, you know, obviously we talked about like, Hey, I can help out with the hunting mm -hmm. portion of it. So kind of what we're talking about is one, like what, where's, what's the website where they can get on and, and take a look at what you guys already offer. It's uh fieldcraftsurvival.locals.com. Gotcha. And so you guys can hop on there, anybody listening in, um, and, and again, start to crawl, start to learn all the basics. Um, and, and, and that's Kevin Owen. Correct. Um, and he, he teaches that, or he's the one that's doing it. He's so, on part yeah, two right now. Yeah, we, we have Kevin Owen's doing part one, which is map and compass. We have uh, Austin Lester, who's going to do a little bit with GPS using some of the uh, online programs like Onyx yeah. um, and even you know Google Earth. Uh, right. You can do some navigating with that. And then I'm going to jump on on the final portion and talk about some of the primitive mm -hmm. methods of navigating and kind of dispelling some of the rumors and myths that, you know, the moss only, science. Yeah. Yeah. Moss <laughs> only grows on one side of a tree. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Yeah, it's like you go, Washington. Yeah. You, yeah. You go, you go into a gun store, you know, and you kind of learn to to zone out like gun store talk like mm -hmm. really oh yeah those are the people that carry that oh it's, yeah. a, it's a man killer like yeah. same thing with all these like navigation myths like oh my god you know the wind always blows out of this direction oh really oh it's, yeah. it's always huh always and never but uh yeah, yeah so it's going to be a three three portion section but it's going to be broken down into very manageable bits kevin's first video i think is 45 minutes long yeah yeah well and one thing that was nice with kevin when we were talking about this he nabs the same way I do. When I said, I just turn this thing on, you give me an eight digit grid yeah. and I turn it back off because then I plot out where I'm at and I'm not lost anymore. Or I'm a little more or less, you know, I'm a, I maybe be fumbled and not know exactly where I'm at, a general idea, but now I know exactly where I'm at. Right. And, you know, for example, if you have your, your shell, so for a, a backpack hunter um, or even a day hunter that gets lost, but a backpack hunter, you go in, you set up your shelter. You really want to mark your truck, you want to mark your shelter. That way, if you get totally screwed, you can at least get back to your truck. Or if you're closer to your truck and bad weather comes in or whatever, get to your truck. But, um, 
you know, I, I, I nav the same way. I don't use this or my, my, my Garmin 601 or I, it's a 701 now they've upgraded only to turn it on to get where I'm at and to get where I need to go. And that's because I manually, I say it manually, but manually mm -hmm. nav. Those are the things everybody wants to learn. And so what I like, which what you guys do is integrating the two together. You got to learn the one right. and then learn the other and then mesh them together. So, you know, for example, you are, you've hiked in, you three miles, you've marked your camp, right? you set up your camp, you're hunting away from your camp, you get an animal down, you need a buddy to help you pack it out. With the skill set that you guys are going to teach, they can tell you where camp is to meet there and where the animal is. And then I won't go into a five point contingency plan, but what to do, okay, go to camp. If I'm not there, start hiking towards the animal, whatever you, you guys are going to teach all of those things. You know, the other thing too is just marking general things, not necessarily on the GPS or the map, maybe both. Right. Water holes where your animal's down, good areas where to hunt. The thing is, is if you're using a GPS all the time, you're looking down at it a lot. And, you know, if if you're just trying to get A to B and you're not trying to shoot an animal, maybe it's not as important. But the, the thing that I try to teach people is you need to learn to nav without looking at something. You know, most people can't dead reckon, but generally head in the one direction so you're not constantly looking at, at equipment. And then, though, if you get a little bit confused or lost or, or you don't even pay attention because I don't most of the day, then to turn that GPS on and then, okay, I need to go back this way or train, associate, figure out where you are from that. Those are the things that, like when we were talking, I'm like, okay, this is going to take a lot of heat off me because it's you guys are going to be able to teach this. And then obviously we spiraled out of control into all the other things <laughs> that we could do. But people are hungry for that that knowledge. Um, I did a, a podcast with uh, somebody the other day, and I had a, a Mike Hearn who's in the military now. We went live and started talking about river crossings and what to do and first aid. And I was surprised. Like I just it got filled up with my, my inbox with questions of which it's not. I shouldn't not say surprised, but definitely it, it intrigues me of how many people are missing things that I probably take for granted and you take for granted. Yeah, and you know, you brought up a great point when we were over, over there. We were talking about when we, we both post up a, hey, it's Sunday, ask me a question. Yeah. And you'll get a really technical question. And you want to say to the person, I'm going to give you a stellar response in 15 seconds. Like, yeah. PhD level <laughs> response. And people need to understand that, like, like, if you want that type of response, that's the type of answer you're going to get. Like, like you have to invest some time. There's no silver bullet with a lot of these skills. I mean, try explaining to someone, and, and I'm not a recurve shooter, but try explaining to someone in 15 seconds what recurve shooting is all about. You know, like no, you're you're right. you're 100 correct. And and the thing is, for for example, um, um, yeah, Kevin, what layering system should I use? Well, are you in hot weather? Are you in cold weather? Mm -hmm. Are you in the yeah. desert where it's 20 at night, 15 at night, and 80 in the day? That's a pretty broad question. And it's like, hey, man, shoot me a message. Well, what I like is the fact if we can teach all that, put it online, and then I can just say, well, go watch this. Because I don't – at this point, I'm going to have to hire an assistant or something yeah. asking the, answering these questions where you guys can just get it out there. And, and again, all of you guys have an amazing pedigree. Uh, you know, much more in depth than mine. Uh, my hunting may be better or or more in depth, but as far as maybe, um, come on. But I, well, I mean, in general, yeah. like you know, I as a combined, I say combined force, but all of us teaching different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I it it. I'm happy that people at least want to learn it because I'm starting to lose faith in humanity in a lot of ways. Um, the easy button, 
yeah. Nintendo belly, you know, like no one wants to be fit anymore, you know, and, and you guys preach that, which is which is awesome. So. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would say, oh, it's a dick thing to just say, watch the video. But if we're telling you that the video is the source of information, it's going to be a lot better than that 15 second response. But, you know. Well, and again, again, it's walking or crawling. Yeah. You got to watch the video to crawl. Like, um, I would like to be able to teach a class to 100,000 people. How, how are you going to do that, right? right. I mean, you, you literally, that video allows 100,000 people to watch it like one-on-one -on -one teaching on the crawling session. Yes, when you start to walk, it needs to be maybe a little bit different. And when you when you talk about this, it's not just land nav um, you know, that we talked about, like we said, but uh, like even building a fire, uh, fire prep for building a fire. You know, me, I'm lazy. I carry trioxane. Mm -hmm. I'm capable of doing it different ways, but even finding dry wood where do you find the dry wood? right you know things like that and those are things people truly well we the other day i was doing a podcast and the guy didn't know how to start a fire in a wood stove and i'm like well dude there's a torch there that'll do it you know like not, not cheating <laughs> yeah. if it gets the job done it's not cheating well yeah, yeah. and it's just certain things like that and, and i've talked about on other podcasts where i found people broke down on the side of the road freezing and i'm like um you guys have like 700 different ways to start a fire well, we don't know how. Yeah. Teaching people that to better them, it, you know, gives me, I'd say pleasure, but it makes me happy that people like what you guys offer and what we offer are, in my opinion, bettering humanity in some way, as weird as that sounds. But mm -hmm. the last thing I want is in 20 years to look back and think, Jesus, I could have done more. And now we're all weak. Yeah. And you, soft. Didn't, you didn't make an impact. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, like, just adding on to this whole idea of watch the video first. It's an awesome feeling as an instructor when students show up and you can tell that they've done their homework ahead of time. Mm -hmm. On my last course that I taught at the sawmill, I had Jess and I had Sherry show up. They were quoting my book and they were like, oh, you said in your book this. I'm like, you read my book? And it was, <laughs> and it, it made me feel really good knowing that they, they showed up, that they weren't just showing up without any knowledge or anything like that. They, they did their homework. That was awesome because it gave me a, a sense of their willingness, right? Mm -hmm. And if I could... If I could inspire them from a book to take a class, well, whatever message I can give to them in the class, I know they're going to follow through. And yeah. sure enough, one of them sent me a picture. Hey, I showed my son how to build a fire. I'm like, that's awesome. That kid now is better prepared than he was before. You know, you didn't know that that skill set. Um, but you know what's interesting? Uh, you talked about a car just breaking down. On the news this morning, I heard about a guy stranded, a snowboarder, right here in Utah. He he was stuck in a snowbank. He went off a road that wasn't marked, that it was closed. And to get a signal, he strapped two snowboards to his feet, kind of like makeshift snowshoes. Mm -hmm. And he walked to where he could get a signal and got rescued. Yeah, like, that's smart. Like that's yeah. badass. Like that dude thought outside the box. He said, you know what? I'm going to use these things in, in a way that they're not meant to, but it's going to affect my, my survivability. And guess what? He's here to talk about it. Now, same weekend, four, four people died in avalanches here yeah. in Utah. Like, so I always put it, uh, thriving, not surviving is mm -hmm. what I, you know, say, and backpack hunting is no different. You don't want to be back there just making it for the greater good of saying I made it seven days. You want to do well in those seven yeah. days and gears, part of it, fitness is part of it, diets, part of it. And then, you know, there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing wisdom has a bit that you've applied it. Um, so you can read a book all day and you, you've got knowledge now. Now you need to go out and get the, the wisdom. You, you mm -hmm. need to actually apply. And again, that wisdom, you, you know, as you're, um, how do I put it, like 
The collective of experiences you have gives you the wisdom. If you've screwed up as much as I have, there's a lot of wisdom there. Oh, yeah. And I say it all the time, like, I didn't pop out of the womb knowing this. There was a lot of epic failures that got me to know where I'm at because I've almost froze to death several times or I've, mm-hmm. I've almost fell off a cliff or I've slid off a glacier into a rock pile and just luckily slid into my pack or, what you know, whatever. And that being able to, you know, generate that knowledge to the public is, is, is awesome. So what we were talking about is basically rather than me trying to teach this course, um, having you guys mm-hmm. teach it, uh, potentially me helping out in some way, but since you guys are already prepped for it, getting the word and getting people to, to something you guys are already doing, uh, which, I, which I think is great. Um, the yep. other thing too, like which talking about the vehicle thing, yeah. and Mike talks a lot about this. Yeah. I have the, in, in the spirit of, Total honesty, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I already have my own system. Now, when there's something I don't know, photography. I'll probably listen to that. Yeah. But I've listened to a couple of mics, and I'm like, okay, he's pretty much repeating what I already do. Pick up a little tip. So that gave me, when we were talking about this, even like, hell, yeah, let's do it. Because like in my truck, my wife drives her crazy, or we hike. There's like a list of things that I'm overly anal about that's in the truck all the time. Um, and it's not like a world ending bag or, or, you know, the doomsday or bag. It's just, you get, re- you, so I keep a multi-fuel stove in the truck all the time. It's in a plastic Yeti box. There's coffee in there. There's food in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, even if you're just, you know, for example, your truck breaks down and somebody's coming to get you, is it that big of a deal to have coffee? I like coffee. So simple things like that, purifying water and in reach a way for her to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. She's a realtor. The other day she tried to bunny hop a boulder and got high centered. She had no service. She got several names and checks on the board. She didn't have her in reach. She had to call 911 because her cell phone didn't have service, but she, you can get a hold of 911. Right. The 911 lady says, your wife's okay and the truck's not damaged. That's all she tells me. And I'm like, so when, when my, I wasn't mad at my wife, when we met back up, I said, hey, the next time if this happens, you need to give an address of where you're at so I can come get you. Um, Two, you know, obviously there was other things that kind of fell to the wayside that happened. But I said, honey, let's say you couldn't get a hold of 911. Your battery was dead. What was in the truck? So then, then of course, it's like she's not overly happy, but she's listening. She's going to be okay to stay overnight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or whatever. And so those are the things. You guys teach all that, I guess, is right. what I'm getting at, which is huge. And, again, I am amazed living in Colorado. Um how many people I see in the woods with tennis shoes, shorts, and a camelback and nothing else climbing 14ers. Do most of them do fine? They do, but it's kind of like any equipment. It's okay until it's not. Right. And so we've run into people in big trouble many times when we're out scouting or hunting from heat stroke to freezing to death, Mm -hmm. you know, borderline hypothermia, um, injuries like guy cut himself and it was pretty bad and they had nothing to to fix that with um where you guys teach that and 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 moving that forward is awesome so hey guys we're going to be back to the podcast in just a little bit but i want to take this opportunity to tell you about uh, a brand new live show that we are doing on the stereo app Uh, this live show is available through the Stereo app, which can be found on the App Store and Google Play Store. Stereo makes it pretty easy for us to be able to engage with you since you can listen to us live and even participate in question and answer uh, shows with us you know, as it's going in the moment. So please check it out. It's really fun. I've done a couple of them so far with some pretty interesting guests. And uh, 
I think you're going to enjoy it. So if you want, please check us out on stereo at Fieldcraft. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's this concept called the multiplier effect, yeah. right? Like wet is not bad. Cold is not bad on its own. Yeah. But you start combining these different elements, wet, cold, maybe an injury. Yeah. Well, now that injury is compounding all these different factors to make life so much worse. Like we talk about suck factor, right? Like embrace the suck. Well, as much as I like using that expression, you don't want to embrace it. You know, yeah. like you want to avoid it. Yeah. Um, but there's also a fine line too, like you said, like you don't want to have a doomsday end of the world uh, kit in your car because you're, you're going to limit your capability uh, to do everyday tasks, right? So you got to balance the what's possible versus what's probable. Yep. Um, but I think your idea of having an in-reach is smart. Um, for those of you that don't know, an in-reach is basically like a, a glorified cell phone that can send text messages. It's, it's like a cell phone that had sex with a Iridium sat phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it popped not, out. not love, yeah. passion, <laughs> straight up passion. Uh, yeah, make but, lust. Yeah, but oh, a lot of that, like with my list, is because of where we live. We mm -hmm. live in 10,000 feet or way into the mountains. My list is probably a little bit different for her than what would be somebody living in a city. Yeah. Um, because also she has to come pick me up sometimes in the middle of nowhere because I've done a through hike or scout or hunt mm -hmm. where she has to drive in some remote, you know, mining road to come pick me up. And so with her, it's important that she can read a map because I'll be like, get the map out, honey. And I'm, I'm talking to her for where her, she's come, for her to come get me. And so her list is a, a little bit different yeah. be, just because of that. But, you know, w w w like with as we're, we're talking about this, when you run into um, certain obstacles while you're in the field, um, like you said, uh, water, wet's not that bad and cold's not that bad. Right. But if you do sleep deprivation, food deprivation, cold wet mm -hmm. your brain is mush you know your synapses to your brain uh you're, you're not you know a lot of times we run into hikers that are having in trouble i start asking them math problems where were you born what's four plus four to see what what level of um well embrace the suck they've hit right right and say just so i've got a good idea of like can i leave these people alone or am i going to hear on the news they died and feel bad like where are we at and a lot of times i'm like hey when's the last time you've eaten Oh, uh, we let we ate something this morning on the way in. I'm like, What'd you eat? Oh, we ate a Cliff Bar. I'm like, so it's four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. You're and and well, I'll just give an example. This happened, and I even posted about it on my Instagram page. Uh, we were scouting um, hikers, and we're not anywhere near a trail. Hikers come out of the wood line, and I was like, "Hey, I think they're lost." Frank was with me, so it was actually funny. One of the girls that was with them, and she was cute, wanted to stay with us because I think it was like a group running event. So this guy told me he was an ultra marathoner at least nine times in the conversation. And I'm like, I got it, dude, you can run, that's great. Yeah. You have no backpack, you have nothing. And the trail is way over there. So I show him on the map, I'm like, hey, this is where we're at. And the leader of the group turns around to his friends. This guy think this is where he thinks we're at. And I'm like, dude, I don't think this is where you're at. I was, I was getting pissed. I'm like, I know this is where you're at. And I said, if you're running through over there, because they were doing this big loop, I said, that's Moose Swamp for the next three miles. He literally turned around and said, it doesn't matter. We're ultra runners. And I'm like, yeah, man, uh, it's a bog, dude. Right. Like, right. I'm like, and, and there's a storm coming in. So I, I get them together and I'm like, look, I'm just going to give you the facts here. You got a storm blowing in. It'll be in here in the next 45 minutes. The temperature's dropping right now. It's 55. You guys have been running and climbing. You think you're warm. You all literally have T-shirts on. I'm like, that storm's going to be snow. 
and that's a bog and your vehicle is it was about 13 miles away and so oh you know and I, the the movement is life thing i get it like you know i teach that you know barclow another friend of mine he, he teaches it you, you got to move to stay warm if you can't build a fire and i'm like do you guys have food water anything and i said you got a map he pulls out where he literally took uh, an atlas and xeroxed it and, and it literally has no topography no anything and i'm like well the, the one girl was like do you guys mind if I stay with you? And I was like, yeah, man, we'll walk you back to your truck. We're leaving after a while. We'd stayed a few nights. And I was like, are you new to this? She's like, well, I've been running forever, but I just started this ultra marathon wilderness running stuff. Right, right. And I was like, what do you guys do for, for water? And she was like, well, we usually run through. We don't need a whole lot. She had the little waist belt with a, mm -hmm. with a little squirter. And I was like, do you have any way to purify it? And she yeah. didn't. And I said, hey, you know, you might want to think about MSR Aquatabs, super lightweight, you know, it'll get you through. And that was literally as they left, we're all looking at each other like, fuck, I hope they don't die. Right. Like, but the amount of people that are missing a lot of knowledge is quite amazing. And your physical ability is not going to carry you through. Sometimes there's other things that happen that you may not, you break an ankle, physical abilities out the window. There's some grit there, but you're not going to, well, I guess, uh, Revenant, uh, Hugh Glass, after he got attacked by the bear, he made it. But most people probably aren't going to low crawl out uh, or whatever 10 miles. And so backpack hunting is no different. All those skill sets work everything from in the wilderness back, you know, when you're at home. I got I to ask you because so I just moved from Connecticut to Utah. I spent a lot of time the past 40 years at damn near sea level, right? Mm -hmm. Like even when I was inland, if I were over a thousand feet, it was it was a stretch. Yeah. So now I moved to Utah. I just did a hike yesterday. Started off at like 5,200, got up to about 7,000. And I mean, I was gassed. And I'm not someone who like, I train jujitsu, I run. I don't, I don't feel like I'm out of shape, mm -hmm. but I will tell you that getting used to thin air is not something that you can just jump into. Like, no. so you said that you, you live at about 10,000 feet sea level. Like, what are your tips for a person to deal with that? So the, the first thing is acclimation give yourself some time to acclimate so if you come whether you're hiking or hunting if you're coming from sea level to elk or, or mule deer hunt you know you're going to be at 85 to, to 12 five most of the elk i've killed are above tree line um acclimate so when you drive out give yourself time to stay the first night at you know in case of denver colorado area six thousand feet when you hike in as excited you are take your time and pound water electrolytes um, you know, there's also other things you can take that are supposed to, to help. Luckily, I'm, I'm not susceptible to um, uh, altitude sickness. Mm -hmm. uh, so acclimation, give yourself enough time to do that. The next one, pound water and electrolytes. Make sure your body's getting what it needs as far as that goes. Food, same thing. Make sure you're eating. Don't push yourself too hard. It's going to take a couple, three days to acclimate. As far as training goes, if you're at low altitude, you're screwed. Just train as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. there, awesome. There's not a, you know, they have these masks. Yeah, they don't really work. I mean, well, I mean, we've been trained pretty much yeah. for Jesus Christ. Like, like I, I, I felt like I was, I was like, just getting way too much gas in me from from wearing this. Like, imagine teaching at a high school level, talking for six hours a day oh, yeah. through this. It was agony. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you sucked. an example. David D. Austin yeah. is. Um, we've hired him at Kafaru is. And he's a stud. He does all our video and editing and artwork and everything else. So we went on a mountain goat hunt. One of my buddies got a hold of me. I said, dude, I'll go. I said, I'll bring David. We'll film it. David's from here. Right? Okay. He, he had just moved from here. Wasatch Front's pretty tall. So I, and, and, and it's funny, at Black Rifle, one of the guys that works there is really good friends with David. And he went, told me what David was talking about. 
Well, the goat hunt was at 13.5, which is a different level. Just like 16.5 is a different level. So we hike in, and, and David goes to film it. And I, I felt bad because I knew what we were getting into. And so the, the, the goats are literally at 13.5. At the highest point. In fact, I was cussing when I found him because I was like, I really did not want to climb to the highest point around us today. So if you can imagine um, giant summit and in the middle of that uh, is kind of a bowl of a mm-hmm. boulder field. We went up and this guy missed a few. They kind of crossed. So we go up and over to get to. Well, after two or three of those, I can see David's shaking his head, rubbing his temples. I'm like, dude, are you, you solid? You good? He's like, no, I have a splitting headache. And I'm like, do you drop altitude? I'm like, you, you cool? I was like, no, no manliness here. Just get down. He's like, I, I got to get down, dude. I'm not good. Fit guy, right? Just not used to the altitude. Yeah. David's mountain bikes, runs, hikes, mm-hmm. backpacks. There's If your body is not used to that, some people are good with it all the time. Other people are more susceptible to it. You got to drop altitude is what I'm getting at. So with David, I'm like, go down to where Frank and those guys are at and just hang out there and pound water, you know, whatever. I live at 10,000. I've never been, I'm lucky, one of the lucky ones. I I don't get altitude sickness. I don't even get headaches hardly. I do also know that I pound water in in emergency electrolyte mix. But truly, like if you're on a a trip, if you got a guy that's showing symptoms of altitude sickness, you got to drop altitude. He's probably not going to. Well, I say probably not. He's not going to shake it. Um, so you, you got to drop down. And, and literally, it'll be like pulling off a wrapper. As you drop down, you just feel better. Every foot you take going down, you feel better and better. It's, it's the amount of oxygen you're getting in your body. So, And it, it's a real problem. I mean, when I say problem, like I've known some of the hardest guys I've ever known get altitude sickness. They want to cut their head off. You, it, it's no different than getting a migraine, uh, the flu. You're not shaking it. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just debilitating. So Now, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that you're hardcore hunter, stick bow hunter. I mean, you get up and close. But one thing I don't think, a, a, maybe not a lot of people know, is that you do a lot of guiding. So you've obviously been around people of all different skill levels, beginner, novice, experienced, or the beginner that says he's experienced. Yeah. You know? um, or the beginner that says he can shoot. Yeah. get that a lot. Well, so, so, so for, for the aspiring hunters that are out there, like top five mistakes and say top five tips that you could say, don't do this and do this. What, what do you got? The first one is being honest with your, your guide, right? And, and that doesn't have to do with survival, but what, what, kind, what kind of shape you're in, how you can shoot, what kind of an animal you're expecting to get asking questions what kind of terrain are we facing right what, what what's the weather you know those general things which is a little bit off what you said but i would say that the 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 biggest mistakes initially gear uh in general mm-hmm. not the right layering system the wrong boots not breaking in your boots uh you know optics you know things like that like the the gear that you need um not asking enough questions to make sure you you pack right next is fitness and these aren't in order of importance yeah. or whatever not being fit fit enough right and some hunts you don't have to be as fit as others but in general the fitter you are the the better you are as a human and i i get yelled at a lot for fat shaming but i was a fat kid right i mean so i'm coming from there yeah i love chocolate so fitness be as fit as you possibly can be and then not over or under exaggerate that because it happens both ways like anymore now i tell people when i go because there's some hunts i go on i have to have a guide that hey dude I know you hear this a lot. I live at 10,000 feet and I can do anything that's in front of us. Of course, they don't believe you, but you tell them that like, hey, I'm not that way. They know. But the same thing is like, hey, I live at sea level. I've never been at this altitude. I have been working out. But, you know, being honest about that, 
The next is the food, water, whether you want to eat or not, because most of the time at high altitude, you don't want to eat. Make yourself eat something. Um, because a lot of people are like, yeah, I get to high altitude. I don't eat all week. And I'm like, well, you're running on borrowed time. Right, like, right. You know, so again, the electrolyte mix, water, food, and good food. Now, any food is good, but try to bring the best food that you possibly can. You know, things like that are, are important. As far as like the top, you know, five, if you're not counting survival, don't lie about your ability to shoot. You get that a lot. Like dialed into 80. And then next thing you know, we're missing, you know, we're out of arrows at 30, right? Like being realistic to, to, to your skill set. And, and, and then also the worst thing you want when you're guiding is, is a know-it-all that, that, that is a complete pain in the butt. You know, be best guy you can to deal with. You know, be optimistic. Like the glass is always half full. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter you blow animals out, the human mind is amazing what it can, how you can turn a, a bad day into a good one, good day into a bad one. Like staying optimistic the entire time. That mindset of no matter what, at least I'm outside and not working. A lot of people have trouble with that. Um, you know, so I, don't, I didn't answer your question probably exact, but those are the things that I've seen the, the most that, that really you know kill someone. And I get a lot of the, hey, I'm, I'm heading out for a 12-day backpack hunt. I was a college athlete. I'm in good shape. And I'm like, you ever stayed 12 days on your own? No. And I'm like, well, football has nothing to do with that. And I'm like, go watch alone. <laughs> like, you know, and I, when's the last time you were more alone for more than six hours? And he's like, yeah, never. And I'm like, okay, so you're about to be alone for 12 days and pack thing, you know, walk before you crawl or crawl before you walk, walk before you run. Maybe you should do a four day trip rather than a 12 day out of the gate. The state of Colorado loves those guys because they come back in three and they've paid 600 bucks for an elk tag and they go home. And so be realistic with, you know, what, what, what you're going to be capable of. And there's nothing wrong with the goal of 12 days, but don't be afraid to come out in three, go eat a burger and head back in. There's nothing wrong with shortening your trip. So. You know, you bring up some interesting things like I mean, we could talk for hours on this, but like eating at altitude, yeah. right? I, I've looked at your post before and I've seen people comment like, that's all the food you bring for that many days. You know, yeah, like yeah. they're assuming that they're operating on the same metabolism and hunger drive that they would in in a town or in a, in a city, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I have to eat, you know, I'm hungry. I, I can go to the store. It's very different when you're, when you're pushing, right? Like yeah. you can go, well, it feels like you can go on, on so much less, you know? Yeah. So, well, uh, you're not boredom eating. Yeah. And so, well, you know, when I talk about it, cause that I'm like, well, it's 3,200 calories. I can't physically pack any more than that a day. Like you got to carry it in two pounds a day of food. So you want to be about a hundred calories an ounce. Anything above 100 calories an ounce is a bonus. Most of mine, I'm about 120. So you, you got two pounds of food. It's also the quality of the food. They're probably eating crap food when they're down, mm -hmm. I say in the rear, down in, in, in town. You know, having a high fat content, high protein content, like our food. Now I do a short trip. I just throw some shit in the pack. I don't worry about it. But a longer trip, you don't want to be running on borrowed time. Eating crappy food, you're going to be running on borrowed time. And so for me... My, my my food uh, is broken down very methodically over years of experience. And so the, the 100 calories an ounce, high fat, because fat, you get more calories per ounce. So I have a lot of fatty foods in there. I have a lot of protein. Some of it I don't hit 100 calories an ounce, but overall I do. So if I bring olive oil tuna, you don't hit 100 calories an ounce like that. 
but I'll have another food that evens the two things mm-hmm. out because tuna is one, it's cheap and backpacking food's expensive. And I actually take brown rice, top ramen. It's like the, the redneck uh, meal. And rather than buying a, a, a mountain house or an off grid, I take brown rice, top ramen, I make my own seasonings so it's not too high in sodium. Sodium is not bad when you're pushing it. And then I take olive oil, tuna, and I mix it in there and it's like three bucks. What's an MRE, like eight to 12? Yeah. Or not an MRE, a mountain house. house. Yeah, it depends on the one, but yeah, probably about seven or eight bucks. Yeah, so, you know, that, like right there, brown rice is, um, not to get into the dieting thing, but it's a long burning, when you go through the glycogen index, it's it's a longer burning, not a fast burning carb. So brown rice, pasta, and then tuna, obviously is protein, and then olive oil, fat. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the poor boy meal that I suggest for everyone. Uh, other things, we get a dehydrate, we make our own food. And so I'll make like um, angel hair uh, pasta with elk burger. Then we dehydrate it. There's a lot of olive oil when I make that and we put it in a dehydrator and then it's basically f- next to free. And so those are all, th- again, just learning over time. Right. But I'm trying to get the highest caloric intake, the best calories I can with the lowest weight possible to hit that 32 to 3,500 a day. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I think the, the goal of a lot of the listeners is getting towards a self-reliance lifestyle. And, you know, it, it seems cliche, but it does feel really good knowing where your meat is coming from. It feels really good knowing that you've hunted and killed something that you put on the table. Um, but it, the best feeling overall is knowing that you don't have to go to a store to get something, right? And I think where we're going, both uh, Fieldcraft Survival, Kafaru, this whole idea of land navigation, hunter prep is, is going to be really beneficial for the for the listener. Um, but I think even for the average person that just wants to to get an exposure, I think they're going to find that they can look at the courses that we're running from any skill level and take something from them. But I know we're I know we're short on time. Um, let's give the listeners an idea of where they can find you. Uh, give them an idea of like what's coming up. If you have any events coming up, um, and you know, we'll, we'll call it a day. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Um, so for, for me, it's, uh, Aaron Snyder, like on Instagram, it's a R O N underscore S N Y D E R. Um, I also have a, uh, a page with Snyder's gear corner, which is just tech tips on gear and things, which I don't update as much as I should. Uh, Kafaru cast YouTube page, uh, which is everything from tuning bows to who knows, I mean, all kinds of stuff on there. We have Kafaru cast our, our, uh, our own podcast, uh, and that goes over everything from self-sustainment and insoles to how to break down an animal. Uh, and then Kafaru International, obviously, is the, the web page. Kafaru.net is what it is. Um, and, and really, like, on the, like my page is half photography because I'm a photographer. There's a lot of dead animals on there. There's a lot of tech tips, and I do Q&A stories. But, you know, my thing, just like your guys', is, is I just want to leave – my mark of helping people mm-hmm. and i say leave my mark i don't care if anybody remembers my name i'd like to leave this earth if i fall off a cliff tomorrow knowing i did help uh I, i've led a pretty cool good life i'd like to help others and knowing that that i did help some people along the way and that's one thing awesome with you guys and and, and truly whether you're um a veteran down on his luck right I, I or you're just a dude that's eating too many ho-hos and twinkies and you're 80 pounds overweight giving you the motivation and the knowledge to, to help yourself is, is what we're about as well as you guys, which I was, I was super excited with the, the talk we had earlier. Cause I was like, these guys fire on the same cylinders we do. And in laziness, 
I'm not gonna have to mess with a lot of this now. I can hand it off to you guys, which is great. So yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been it's been like three years, almost three years since we've seen each other. So yeah. hopefully, uh, the next time we get together, we don't have to podcast. Maybe we'll go out and and get something in the field or or just hang out around a campfire. So yeah, yeah. A backpack. Actually, what we should do is have you come out for uh, in the summer backpack fishing. I love we that. backpack into the Alpine Lakes and. It's almost not fair because the lakes we go to haven't seen a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so hypothetically, because I found out later it's illegal, so I didn't really do this. But if I had done it, some of it we were catching them by hand in creeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Cutthroats. No- and yeah, noodling. Noodling. Well, mm-hmm. it's funny. There was there was no noodling involved because there was, yeah. there was so many. It was more like run up the creek and grab them. Um, it's just some of those high lakes that or I say alpine lakes, you know, we'll get in there and literally – in two days, we've caught so many fish that were bored. Caught, yeah. yeah. Well, look, when we do it, the, the catch limits are high. So it's actually, we bring, um, we seasoning olive oil, aluminum. My wife's a fish junkie. She loves fish. And so we cook them all right there, um, which is, you know, great. And a lot of times we'll bring other things to mix in, you know, with, with the fish. But you, you love it, man. Oh it's, it's awesome. Well, give me some time to get my ass in shape because, uh, like I said, that, that hike yesterday, you know, definitely was a humbler. But... With enough time, I think I'll take your advice and get acclimated, and I'll be ready for that this summer. Oh yeah, it'll be good, man. I look, I look forward to it. You, you, my wife will love you to death. She's she's super cool, and she yeah. actually I've done this forever. She just started, so she's more addicted. Like for me, it's like you know going to work. Yeah. With her, she like there's sometimes we'll stay a night and I'll be ready to leave the next day. She's like, we're not staying two nights. And I'm like, <laughs> I miss my bed, honey. I see 200 nights a year on the ground. But yeah, you'll you'll like it. it, it it'll be super cool. So yeah. definitely. And honestly, while we're doing that, we can do some tech tips and videos along the way, which will be good. So, 100%. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, just want to thank Aaron with Kafaro for coming out. Uh, I'm Kevin Estella with Fieldcraft Survival and uh, hope you guys What's our tagline? What do we say, Vince? Well, that's no help. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought we had a tagline. I think we... Make one up right now. Well, I think I'll just use a, a classic Mike Lover one. You know, you someday you may be your own first response, right? You know, uh, we are the prepared. Gotcha. I'll throw one in because I always say this. Go as hard as you can for as long as you can, as fast as you can, and shit generally works out in your favor. <laughs> yeah, I like that one better. <laughs> Good deal. All right, guys, till next time. All right, guys, one more time, just want to let you know about the Stereo app. Stereo is an app that allows you to participate in the conversation that we have with various guests. You can find the app on the Google Play Store or in the App Store. And you can listen and talk, listen to you know who we're talking to, and like I said, ask some questions and get some answers. It's going to be an exciting way for us to engage with the Fieldcraft Survival community. Uh, you can find it on the Stereo app and find us simply at Fieldcraft. So check it out.